British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFG and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the new series of the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. We've got some potentially fantastic news for the UK, but we will leave that for our special guest to explain more, Moran Kumar, who is the Global Marketing Director at Nanotech Energy. Before we speak to Moran, there has been a raft of positive news for the UK recently, and I'm joined by my co-host Stuart. Stuart, a very warm welcome. We've got lots of good news, haven't we, for our wonderful sector? Absolutely. Um, great start to February and looking forward to the uh, to the interview with fantastic guests this week as well. So, yeah, I'll just run through some of the stories from the last uh, few days. New figures from trade body ADS. They've revealed that the 13,525 strong backlog of aircraft orders is worth an estimated £190 billion to the UK's aerospace sector. Continuing the aerospace team, Airbus, they've announced plans to equip more than 13,000 people across the world. And as we revealed last year, the firm is set to equip more than 500 people at Broughton um, as part of a £100 million investment programme. Ren Kitchens, they're set to create up to 1,000 jobs at a new manufacturing plant near Scunthorpe after acquiring a 15-acre site from North Lincolnshire Council. And we've got four positive stories for the automotive sector to finish with this week. Rolls-Royce Motorcars, they're celebrating 20 years of production at its Goodwood Manufacturing Plant in West Sussex. UK commercial vehicle production sold 39.3% last year. Well over 100,000 vans, trucks, taxis, buses and coaches leaving um, British factories, and that's the best annual performance for a decade. Jaguar Land Rover, they posted um, its first quarterly profit for two years, and that's following a ramp up in production of the Solihull built Range Rover and Range Rover Sport. And finally, LEDC, they're set to invest millions of pounds expanding its production capacity and range of models built at its Coventry manufacturing plant. Parent company Geely, which has invested £500 million at the West Midlands site over the last decade, they're planning to transform the iconic black cab maker into a high volume all electric brand, producing a range of commercial and passenger vehicles. Yeah, what a good start to the year, isn't it? It's fantastic. Um, you know, we're talking automotive, we're going to talk about automotive in a second with our guest as well. Um, and why not? Let's, let's introduce him. A uh, big warm welcome to Moran. You are the Global Marketing Director sorry, at Nanotech Energy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me here. You're more than welcome. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, just to jump straight in, Nanotech Energy, it's, uh, it may be a new, new name to many people in the UK, so perhaps you can start by giving us an overview of the company. Yeah, sure. So um, Nanotech Energy, we, we are a US uh, company. We've just set up shop in the UK as well, so we we now have a, um, a you know an entity and, a, and an office here, uh, and rapidly growing here in the UK. Our um, <clears throat> our company has been underpinned by um, you know strong research and development in the graphene space. We actually um, own the very first um, graphene patent within the company that's resided with us for for decades. Um, now, our focus uh, has been with an array of products, I guess, uh, over the years. The flagship product is, is what everyone's talking about in the markets, and that's our non-flammable uh, graphene-powered battery. Um, and, you know, flammability in 
you know, usually, you know, when you look at your mobile phone and your uh, your laptop, it doesn't it doesn't strike you as something that catches fire regularly. But you know, I can assure you, as um, the electrification process uh, ramps up, um, you know, batteries are extremely flammable, and, and it's in a risk. And we deal with that risk um, using our safe chemistry. Yeah, that, that, that's a great insight. Thank you very much. Um, and can we learn a little bit about you? You know, what's your background, your current role, and your responsibilities? Yeah, sure. So I'm global marketing marketing director um, for the group. So I am responsible for coming up with strategy. Um, you know, for example, opening up certain go-to-market um, strategies, um, developing sales strategies. My my role is quite wide as well because obviously I'm here in the UK, so I head up the UK as well. So that will cover you know an array of responsibilities um, outside kind of marketing space as well. Um, very focused on deal conversations as well. Um, being able to um, you know mature deal conversations and close. That's been the focus, I think, for. Uh, especially the last year at yeah and obviously you started here in the uk and there's rumors about potentially a, a gigafactory here in the uk um what can you tell us about that and you know and, and what would that contribute to the local economy and i'm interested also sec- secondly to learn more about graphene but perhaps we can concentrate on the on the on the factory first yeah sure look i think um it's not a secret anymore. We are, um, you know, actively, um, you know, looking to set up shop here. Um, we've been spending quite a bit of time assessing an array of things from sites to, um, you know, all the things that happen around, you know, evaluating a successful site, which includes obviously power and, um, you know the right types of uh, locations for ports, etc. So we've been doing a lot of that kind of nitty gritty um, uh, kind of due diligence, to say feasibility um, items over the last you know, six to nine months. Um, in doing that, alongside that, we've also you know been watching what's been going on in the market, learning from that as well. Um, and also in doing this kind of um, feasibility study, should we say, we've also been looking to structure um, potential partnerships with customers here, which kind of goes goes hand in hand with the planning of the Gigafactory as well, to be frank. So um, in terms of like, you know, Gigafactories are huge, huge projects, right? Um, you know, uh, I think the headline on us uh, was a billion in terms of investment, but you know, th- these can be phased out in, across different phases, and you know, this can stretch into you know multiple billions, right? Depending on how big you go. So as you can expect, you know, um, the, the creation of huge amount of jobs. I can tell you that our Nevada gigafactory um, scope is going to create around approximately a thousand jobs and we're not very far off um, here in the UK either on our projections so a lot of jobs jobs created in 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 uh, in the area 
naturally there's obviously um, a real kind of invigoration of of um, you know energy into the community as well right uh, you'll see um, the job creation kind of ripple through that the community and various other investments that happen around the gigafactory as well yeah no for sure um and, and how and tell us more about this graphene we, we, lots of people have heard about it but this is your i guess your 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 secret dust i suppose isn't it what 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 what's in this technology it stops it becoming flammable yeah i mean it's one of those things where i can't uh i can't exactly um go into much detail simply because of uh it's highly proprietary but what i will tell you is um I'll run through two things, right? Um, first of all, what are the features of our graphene-powered battery? So number one is, I mentioned, um, it's safe. So this is, it just does not catch fire. There is a UCAR safety rating scale, um, which we would, we would hit uh, on, the, on the one scale, which means that we're very, very safe. We've got also um, the other benefit of our graphene technology in the battery is that it works under extreme weather conditions. So batteries normally, um, you know, they don't really perform too well in extreme conditions, right? Whether it's high or low. Um, now our, our battery can perform in minus 40 and also plus 60 um, in that within that range. And that's for real world applications. So you think about you know, marine in the kind of Arctic conditions or, you know, in, even in Africa in, in in hot kind of conditions, it performs quite well. The other thing is that we are able to achieve um, much stronger cycle life. And so you can, you know, we're getting over 2,000 cycles for 80% cutoff. When you compare that to what's out there in the market versus a, a Panasonic uh, or LG equivalent, um, you know, we're seeing three to four times um, better cycle life. And then finally, I'll finish with, with one thing, which is obviously energy density. That, um, you know, we're seeing very high energy density from our batteries, which is um, proving to be attractive um to many people on the market um in terms of our um i can tell you obviously we're using the graphene electrolyte and that's where it's being used um but at the moment we do believe that we're the only flammable battery maker so we don't go into the technology so much Morning, Moran. It's Stuart. Um, yeah, fascinating to learn more about nanotech, you, and uh, and obviously graphene. Um, in in your you know from your perspective, what makes the UK such a compelling location for your second manufacturing plant? Yeah, good question. Right. So, <clears throat> for me, you know, the UK is still you know the fifth biggest common economy in the world. Right. It's um, demand here is alone is it should be strong enough for uh for you to be able to sell batteries and that's across different domains right you know people always think uh, automotive and automotive is a huge focus but there are you know in theory some cell formats can be can be used in, in a different array of uses 
energy storage, for example, is is scheduled to now you know go through the roof, right, in the UK. Um, so the UK, you know, there are there are lots of um, positives, um, you know, that 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 when we've done our study, we can see. Being a US company, um, you know, with there's no withholding tax, which is great. Um, so from a financial landscape perspective it works quite well um and then in terms of you know jobs uh, being access to good quality um, talent as well the uk does quite well there's obviously universities um you know quite close by some of the sites that we're looking at um you know and, and then secondly there are you know in terms of funding there are there are some, you know, compelling cases that there is support. This, this is another uh, real big topic of contention here, right? Because we saw, obviously, with British Vault, there was, you know, 100 million offered. But that, in the grand scheme of things, is, you know, it's not a huge amount versus the total cost. But what I do see um, from the government now is quite a lot of support outside of just, just that money in terms of um, assisting with other things as well. No, really good to hear. Um, and in terms of proposed time timeline, I'm, I'm, it might be difficult to be too definitive at this stage, but in, in terms of proposed construction, operation of the Gigafactory, and I think you mentioned before that Nevada could sustain or create around about a thousand jobs. Will the yeah. UK entity be you know, a similar enterprise? Yeah, I mean, um, I would I'd expect, you know, these gigafactories are um, just taking your, your first question, right? These gigafactories take a long time to build um, and they're usually done in phases as well. So we won't go big bang approach to, you know, 30 gigawatts. We are aiming for 10 gigawatts overall, but they will be done um, in phases. So um, we're still a few years away from that just to be really firm and there's obviously a significant amount of planning that needs to go into that for that to, to occur no fair enough and i think like you said right at the beginning just being honest and frank with people um it's going to be much appreciated and you know going back to british vault they have cited and i know it's, there's a lot of complicate a lot of different uh, factors at play but they have cited a lack of cooperation from the uk government as a factor in its demise um you mentioned before that the government support is important, but how integral is it to the project? Is it very much, you know, without that support, it doesn't happen? Or are you confident with the backers that you have independently of um, government support? Um, you know, look, I, I think my role at Nanotech has been very much um, when it comes to when it comes to looking at the European Gigafactory. I've been engaging with a lot of countries. And a lot of uh, officials from countries, and I can tell you that this the, the current landscape is pretty competitive. So at the moment, you know, people caught wind that we're obviously looking to set up here. We've got a lot of aggressive offers um, from Europe, um, which I have raised to the government in in the UK, right? Because um, there is definitely a lot of support in the UK. That's, let me start with that. So I think there is obviously the ATF fund um, and you've got um, 
you know, lots of R&B opportunities to, to start to scale up um, your product as well here in the UK. So I think the landscape does, it is attractive uh, for, for individuals, for companies to come here and, and apply and get funding. Now, in the case of British Vault, I can't really, you know, comment too much. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, talk around milestones and whatnot. And I think, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, that that's specific to that company. Um, I think that the, the, the only criticism I could have of, I guess, the UK when it comes to funding is that it's not very clear. So... In some countries, you will, you know, some some very you know competitive type uh, landscapes in in the EU, they will say Moran will give you thirty five percent. This is what you're going to get, and it's quite black and white what you're going to receive. Now, I can tell you right now, um, whilst I might have a rough idea, it's not very clear if you're if you're just entering the process in the UK how much funding you'd get for your project. So I've, I have fed that back, um, you know, to, to very senior people um, on that. How important is funding? Look, I think these these projects are very capital intensive. They are not cheap. You know, they're costing billions of pounds. And, you know, there's, a, there's batteries as well. Let me just you know, touch a little bit back on my background. I used to be in investment banking and, I, you know, in a sector that people deemed as quite challenging and tough. Batteries is definitely tougher, right? It's hard to 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 make a battery and, you know, make sure you can scale up, et cetera. Now, luckily, we've done that. And so we've proven concepts in the US before coming here, which de-risks de it. But it's a very challenging, um, um, challenging topic. And, you know, machinery as well. You know, machinery is a huge cost relative to the actual build-out. So, um, so, yes, government funding is absolutely needed, not just on a, you know, upfront, um, you know, for the, for the actual gigafactory, but even for funding for potentially scale-up activities alongside you building up the gigafactory as well. It's really important. No, perfectly understood, and thanks for explaining that. And yeah, with regards to machinery, I'm sure Joe can uh, offer you some mates rates. There's nobody better connected in the, in the UK than Joe um, with, with machinery suppliers. Um, last question for me. This is one um, from one of our listeners talking about sustainability, energy consumption, etc. Um, how will the proposed gigafactory address any concerns about carbon footprint and you know its environmental impact? Yeah, so very good question, right? So we've got, um, okay, I'm not an, actor, an expert on this, and I think, you know, in, in, in admitting that, um, it's very, very important for me to, to be, you know, to be as low as possible in carbon footprint. So as a result, we've, we've hired some of the best consultancies in the world um, to come up with innovative ideas in which um, we can reduce that as much as possible there's some some excellent ideas um i'd love to share with you some of the designs because i think it will catch um people's eyes as well in the way we're going to use um you know use renewable sources on site as well um 
and that's something that you know we're very proud of and also will rather than following the lead on people we look to set an example to show people that um you know we're investing money not just on building the gigafactory but making it as low carbon as possible yeah that's interesting um what kind of partnerships and collaborations do you think you'll have at the at the plant at the gigafactory you know once it's established here in the uk sure so look i i think um at this stage i can't um uh, reveal too many names because they're they're still um i still haven't got clearance to 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 release those but we've got you know in, in britain itself we're in, we're in dialogue with several household um car makers uh, and have been for a while um there as you can imagine we've got a product that is uh, is very safe so that safety factor is appealing to some sectors especially i can touch on that a bit elaborate a little bit more for you so for example um you know the uk mod is is very very interested in having a a safe battery you can imagine if you've got energy storage system on your um in your submarine or aircraft or vessel then um you know you'd prefer it to be non-flammable right so there's a lot of interest from uh, defense especially we're also seeing you know a huge energy storage um momentum now growing right so um again whether it's home storage if you're going to have a lot you know uh, uh, loads of battery storage in your house um you know i'm sure if you google you know battery fires on uh, on your uh, google you'll see there's a lot a lot of battery fires happening now whether it's in new york or you know, other parts of the world now again if i've got kids my family in my house then i can tell you that i'd prefer to have something that's safe <laughs> and uh and that's also the proposition that we're doing in that market likewise um on the industrial grid storage front as well um you know people are approaching us uh on that front we're trying to keep nimble because we think that you know in in delivering a battery that's well balanced uh in certain formats and they can serve a few markets and in doing that you're you know you're really um you know de-risking the business model because you've got you know a number of avenues i will also stress as well that we have one big sales contract that has been delivered uh signed in the in the in the eu and that's for um you know approximately 630 million us dollars it's now about and that's in in the storage space and that's now it's now about kind of building on that so that a european or a uk gigafactory is well supported uh, with underpinned by you know sales contracts so that you know, i don't want to be critical of british vault because i think they did a, they've done a fantastic job with a lot of things but i think one of the key thing that key things that i want to do and you can, you know, quote my words, is I want to sell out the Gigafactory before it's built, to be frank, right? That's what I'm I'm looking to do. Um, and and that's, I do believe that before it's built, it will be completely sold out. Well, that is a, 
There we are. That, 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 that's the that's the title for the thumbnail. But it's do you know what? I've got that's my next question. It, it it's probably a lot easier. Uh, sorry, a lot harder to execute than than people may may expect. But you know, it's obviously you, you mentioned British folk. Maybe obviously they spent hundreds of million on R and D and things. It sounds you're a lot closer to having a product. In fact, you you know you've got the technology. You've just got to remodel it somewhat to fit in a in a motor vehicle. I know. There's probably a little bit more to it than that, but essentially you, you already have the technology. Of course, there's R and D ongoing, but you've got the technology ready to go almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we've I've, I'm sitting here in my in my office and I've got batteries in front of me, right? So they can be delivered to a customer um, as as samples, and that's that's no issue to us. So we're. You know, in, in terms of um, producing batteries, we're you know we're, we're doing that. It's not a huge quantity right now, um, so we'll, we'll obviously scale up to gigafactory speed kind of shortly over in the US. But um, the fact is, the technology is is mature, and we can give customer samples. And this has probably been the bit that was you know obviously where we did have a few struggles, um, but you know. Let, let me be very, very honest, right? It's taken us a long time as well to get there, but we're there. Fantastic. And just, just a final one for me. Um, obviously, where you're not able to tell us where this uh, gigaplant is going to be produced, uh, built, I'm presuming, but what type of community engagement and outreach you know, does the gigafactory uh, plan to have here in the UK? Uh, obviously, supply chains and things like that, but how about you know the community engagement piece? Yeah, look, there's, there's, um, that's something that kind of is, is being discussed and, and, you know, we've had a lot of brainstorming, um, at a high level, as we then select the site, we will be, um, you know, uh, having detailed plans. So I've kind of, um, brought in an array of, uh, advisors, consultancies to, to assist with that. But, you know, as we narrow things down, which is happening right now. We will um, invest a lot of time making sure that the community outreach is, is strong. It's um, but it's also a two-way di dialogue as well. So um, we'll be, you know, one of the things that is very important to me, um, and, and this is because of, I'm born and brought up in the UK as well, is that um, you know that we have good dialogue with um, with both people in the area. Um, you know, officials, etc. Because this project, you know, it's not it's not just for us. It's it's for the UK as well. The demand for battery production is, you know, it's very high, and we can we can assist with that. But at the same time, you know, the UK needs it. We need to be able to to assist as well. Yeah, I couldn't put it better myself. Uh, Moran, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's been an education. When 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 you uh, when you make the announcement, perhaps you can come back on. Absolutely, sounds good. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us, Stuart. Uh, thank you for uh, for joining me. More positive news coming on our, our next episode of the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. But for now, it's goodbye from us. Thank you.